I think that the most interesting thing about the idea of um, energy or chakras in and of itself is that our bodies are in constant flux. So you could be totally positive or you could be totally negative, right? And just like a full moon from last night, you could be totally whacked out from it or you could have really been able to find center. Our chakras are used to help us to find alignment. And a lot of people, and especially you as teacher trainers, when your students come to the mat, they're going to be all out of whack, right? And our goal as teachers is, first of all, to protect ourselves so that we're not absorbing their energies, but also to be compassionate enough and um, hold space for them so that they can get their chakras to turn in the right directions. And then, once they start turning in the right directions, then they'll start to flow and connect. Most people are either stuck in their heads or most people are stuck in survival. Like, shit, I gotta pay my bills. Or, oh my god, I didn't have dinner now, it's all I'm gonna focus on. Or, um, oh my gosh, I'm having relationship problems, right? A lot of people aren't whole or integrated or satisfied. So I wanted to read something to you. A lot of people wake up in the morning with the knowledge um, that they're not going to go through the day doing something that they love, right? Some people just like to do things because of money. Some people like to do things because someone told them to do. But in the evening, a lot of people don't go to bed feeling fulfilled and satisfied because they've spent the day not working on things that were meaningful and they haven't utilized their own gifts and their passions. And as yoga teachers and as educators, you have the ability to use your passions to tell your truth, to be authentic, and help others, like spark something within them, to help them find the satisfaction. Less than 20% of people um, that were polled in an international Gallup poll, they actually enjoy what they did each day. That's scary. I don't even know what the exact number of how many people, but. Um, it's really important that because in our culture we're engaged with high levels of stress, we want to kind of find a way to get more re-engaged in our life and find happiness. Now to me, the Sanskrit word for happiness is what? Santosha, right? And a lot of times it's defined as Santosha, but I think to me happiness is kind of unattainable. And it's like something that like, you know, you see in a magazine, or you see someone on um, Facebook, and then you feel like you have fear of missing out. How come I'm not that, right? But what if we could balance out the fluctuations in our energies and have equanimity, right? And, and instead of thinking of it like living in an always happy state, but living in a constant equanimitable state. I don't know if that's a word, but one of you did say the word, just finding that even line, right? That was really great. So I think that a lot of things that you're going to find as a teacher is when your students come to the mat, they're coming here just like what you had said. Um, Ju no, it was, um, who was next to Julia? Um, Cheryl? Right? No. Me? Yeah. And Chris. Chris. Okay, I wrote your name down on stuff. Chris. What Chris had said was that to find your calling and really harness your gifts and passions so that you can live every day in a state of well-being, right? And that's really super hard, and that's why, I mean, you all are very empathetic people, 
hence why you're taking a yoga teacher training, but you're coming to the mat to share the benefits of what you get on the mat with others, correct? And so this idea of guiding people towards satisfaction, towards santosha, is really huge. But our body parts are so affected by chakras that sometimes it's really hard because people are not aligned. Now this is a very ancient practice, tantric yoga, um, kundalini practices. Does anybody practice kundalini yoga? Yeah, the kundalini yoga really helps you to get your head on straight because it's so deep in breath work and it's so, um, so deep in like repetition and it's all based on energy. So if you're interested in really like, uh, what yogis call it sometimes is called shantipat. Sometimes your guru can touch you on the top of the head and all of a sudden you're enlightened, right? You have a strong force. Um, but the, um, but, uh, but, but you can do that through energetic practices like kundalini or other tantric yoga practices. You can open up your lines of communication so that you are more integrated. You can do it through a moving meditation. You can do it through um, regular meditation practices. You can um, open your chakras by working with colors. So there's a chart here that will give you some ideas. Um, seed syllables, because there's mantras for each bija, each seed symbol, syllable. You can do it through music, like listening to music. As a teacher, I always play this one specific song at the end of each class, because it, it literally is a chakra suite. It goes through the chakras. So that when pe my students are in Shavasana, it's an integration. You know that one I always play over there, yeah. And um, so it just depends. And the students don't know that, right? But if you just want to, like at home, do a meditation and you don't feel like doing a seated practice, but you want to lay down and listen to something, music is a great, great practice and discipline to help you open your chakras. The other thing that's really huge is how many of you have mala beads? Mm -hmm. How many of you like stones? Like knowing about the meaning of the stones and the effects of the stones. Stones are very, very powerful and can really affect your energetic um, and your nervous system. And uh, the other thing is aromatherapy. Speaking of aromas, I forgot to put the other on today. So. <laughs> but yeah, like, um, you know, like lavender being used to find a balanced state of being or um, lemon with the zest, the uplifting, you know? Or peppermint to heal and soothe your third chakra and second chakra for your tummy. So there's all kinds of magical things that we do as we practice helping people with chakra meditations. Isn't that cool? So you don't even have to do a meditation to have someone start to become more integrated, more whole, more harmonious, more happy. Because as we all know, we come to the mat to get rid of pain and suffering and to open up to peace and alignment from the sutras. Sweet. Um, the main purpose in working with the chakras is to create wholeness within yourself. Oxygenation is a huge thing. This isn't your notes, these are mine. So that you're trying to open up the vital energy system and it's important to the process of wholeness within not just yourself but how you interact with others.
too. Um, when I went and um, touched um, Scott, or was like near Scott, but didn't touch him, but I could feel his presence, that's the energy that you're working on. Some people don't have any filter. Have you ever met that person? Right? And other people suck up other people's energy. And some people have such big filters and walls that you can, they don't even have to stand like this. You can get like, walk in the door and be like, oh, don't talk to that person. Because you can just feel it. Right? So what you do when you do a chakra meditation is that you're working with a lot of different things. And in order to get the systems to flow freely, that's when we're um, vital and healthy. When it's weak and congested, we struggle with poor mental and physical health. And if they're blocked or imbalanced or closed off to the natural flow of energy, you compensate by directing more energy to different areas, which in turn, you can't see it, but things almost like implode. You know when you get so upset that you're like... So you have to kind of think about that. If you turn to the first page, of your stuff. Um, there are seven major invisible centers or zones of spiritual and physical energy located in the body from the base of the spine to the top of the skull. These areas are reflections of your emotional state. So if like something isn't working well and it, you start having symptoms that are physical or mental, it could be overactivity or under, you know, like someone could get like totally blah, 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 or they could become so lethargic that they don't want to do anything. So you never really know what's going on because each person, just like in a yoga practice, every skeleton is different. Each person is going to react to not having their systems and their energy channels function properly. It'll be manifested differently. But it will be manifested in a dis-ease and affect our behavior and attitudes to others. <coughs> when we balance these energies as yogis, we can restore harmony in our lives. Have you ever seen a chart of the nadis? Good. I also printed one for you because I didn't know. It's the last page of your handout. But thousands and thousands of years ago, the nadis, the little flowing rivers of energy, were the spiritual blueprint of our human nervous system. So now we know doctors use the nervous system, acupuncturists, reflexologists, they use the nervous system to talk about the chakras and the send lines and the reflexology points. But yogis knew so long ago that if we didn't harness the pure potentiality of the breath, and we didn't grow up and lengthen like a flower or like a plant reaching up for the sunshine, that we would wilt and die and not be successful, right? We wouldn't be content and it wouldn't work. Um, and we practice yoga to be able to get our bodies to balance out. And our chakras um, are, are allowed to come into balance through breath and movement. So I put a little chart here for Sanskrit for the idea of chakra. There's a lot of different, different definitions for chakras. So in this first little chart, I gave you some bullet points. Um, a wheel or a disc. Wheels are centers of energy throughout your body. Whirling wheels of energy where matter and consciousness meet. 
these get better. Vast pools of energy in our body which govern our physiological qualities. Spinning vortexes of energy when positively activated and working properly, they flow clockwise. Did you know that? They have to flow clockwise. So have you ever seen someone who holds a um, pendulum over you? The pendulum has to flow clockwise in order to work properly. But this is something interesting too. You have to think about your chakras not just being like one stable spot. It's front and back, top and bottom, so it's got four different points. We'll go a little bit deeper into that in a second. But the spinning vortexes of energies are also called centers of force located within your body through which you receive, transmit, and process life energies. Is what that, I. Is it clockwise? Is that if, uh, if you're. For the person. So it's. Like, so for me, it would go clockwise. As you're looking at it? Or for the individual. So that Yeah, it's going on my body clockwise. The interesting thing about um, the nadis or this chart is that there's only seven or eight, some people believe nine, major chakra points. Some people think there's a below and some people think there's above. Uh, it just, if you look at different charts, like if you start googling and diving into more tantric yoga practices, you can find some really interesting um, but the nadis that we're working on um, are the major intersections of, uh, or the chakras that we're talking about tonight, these centers of force, are the intersections of the three major nadis, right? And have you all studied the nadis a little bit? So there's the, I put them here just to let you know, the pingala and the ida and the shushumna nadi. So that's what I always call it, like almost like a golden flow of energy that's moving up through your body because uh, there's uh, the hara line or the energy line, if it flows freely, it's like a straw, right? And if it's open and all the chakras are good, then your body's almost like a conduit to a higher plane. Um, we like to call it Indra's web, that there's something greater than you. There's a cosmic consciousness that you tap into. It's called Indra's web. And what's interesting about um, the intersection of the um, nadis is, is that these seven major, major points are the chakras. So the same way that if something's not flowing properly or chakra's not working or you feel a disconnection is the same as when you drink your favorite banana shake from um, Convention Girl. <laughs> and you get that little piece of fruit stuck in an egg. And you can't get it up, but it's like that's what happens in your body. There's just such a log, there's like a blockage. And then you can't function, you can function properly, but you're more in a state of fight or flight, and your adrenals are kicking in, and you're more in your amygdala than you are using like the higher states of consciousness and more brain activation that you do when you get to tantric practices. Interesting, right? Um and another thing that I wanted to say is that uh, what's really interesting about the idea of chakras is that you don't have to just open them up. I know tonight 
focused on like a mindful meditation, but you don't just have to open them up to meditation. It's that moving meditation and all of the other things that I said, because most people don't want to just sit and put their tush to the cush or do a meditation. It's not something that the general population is going to want to come in and do. It's cool to us because we're studying it, so I'm preaching to the choir. But if you like said to your friends, like, hey, um, come on over, we're going to have a chopper meditation, they might like say, I don't want to be your friend anymore. <laughs> right? But if you said, like, hey, we're going to do this vinyasa class, what you're doing as you create the arc of the class is the same way that you're moving up through the chakra systems. Isn't that cool? So that you start off with the grounding and the root stuff and you move through and by the end of it you get to the king and the queen of the practice where you work on your shoulder stand, Ida and Pingala, and then your headstand, right? Or more inversion practices where you're the king of your practice, where you're really totally integrated of your Shiva Shakti power and then poof, then you do Shavasana and all the magic happens. Cool. When you activate and balance the seven chakras, you're bringing your energy body into complete harmony. So then I just gave the same notes that I give on a lot of my other um, workshops that you have taken with me, the idea of every pose is Tadasana. So if you're a meditator, you're already going to be in Tadasana, right? So you're already going to be integrated. You're already going to be um, smooth in that inner state of equilibrium and peace. And you already have that accessibility to anchoring your truth, right? But when we move through these um, meditations and people aren't integrated, then you really have to work a little bit harder to help them to find that integration. And the benefits of doing mindfulness practice, physically you cleanse, you activate, and you heal, and you're stimulating everything in uh, meditation. Um, or a moving meditation. And the issues or the challenges to watch out for, I've only seen a couple people freak out from like breath practices or um, too much meditation, but if you always should kind of like have a guide or a teacher and not just be doing some of these things on your own uh, when you like first start off. Does that make sense? And um, then the next couple of pages, I give you outlines to, um, uh, on how to do a chakra meditation. And I give you three different options. After those three different options, I start giving you some good charts. And for some reason, some of the stuff started getting a little bit goofy. So like that first chart's actually the second page. It shows you the seed syllables that you could do um, open chakras with. So you could literally sit there and go long, 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 right? And that's uh, one of the reasons that we do OM. Do you know why we do OM? Right? That locks it in too. Yep, uh-huh. So it's a seed syllable that when you chant it, it brings you back to the primordial sound of the earth. And it brings you back to the hertz, the resonance of the earth. Do you know what the resonance of the earth is? We just talked about it on Sunday. 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 
chakra, you have six. In your root chakra, you have four. And then, just like that chart that we had with the uh, nadis, what's so interesting to me about this is that science, once it caught up to the yoga practitioners, realized that a chakra relates to a specific endocrine gland. And so that gland or that organ can be healed. So if someone's out of balance or they're having some kind of really deep issues physically, if you work on these glands, it'll be okay. You can come back into balance. And it shows you in the table three on that page where it hits the nervous system in relation to what vertebra, vertebrae. That's cool. Personally, I like to think of the chakras as a ladder to healing. So that when you're working on people or yourself, it's truly a ladder to healing and a tool for transformation. And it is a lot of work. I was talking in class tonight because yoga is definitely not for wimps, right? It looks like, oh, only women do it and it looks really easy and you wear cute clothes, but it's totally the opposite of that. It doesn't matter what you wear and it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. There's a lot of deep, deep, subtle level work that's happening here that is transforming. And a lot of people don't want to break through to the other side, right? A lot of people don't want to look and dive into the looking glass and see what's on the other side because they're afraid. So to come to the mat is so awesome. As teachers, to want to become instructors is incredible because it means that you're doing the hard work to get there. But as students, they come to the four corners of the mat to tune out from their day-to-day minutia. So we have to be real subtle in the ways that we integrate transformation into our teaching. are truly a set of relaxation techniques that aren't scary, right? And they bring into balance and well-being the people um, without kind of hitting them over the head. And then the transformation becomes a little bit more interesting. Um, When we talk about the chakras and we talk about all these different... um, vortexes of energy or wheels that are vast pools in our body that sometimes spin the right way and sometimes spin the wrong way. The seven organs are organs of transmutation. I mentioned this already as we talked tonight, but the transmutation moves in four directions, up, down, in, and out. Do you know what transmutation is? It's a very nice, pretty big word, right? Transmutation is the action of changing or the state of being changed into other form. The changing of one element into the other. So, you know the alchemical, 
I, I think I enunciated that right. But the process of changing base metals into gold. Yeah, the alchemy of the practice that comes from Ayurvedic practitioners. That's a lot of what you do when you work on the chakras. Because you literally can change energy. And as you know, the invisible energy that we're working with is prana. So everything that you're working with is prana. When you have someone take a conscious deep diaphragmatic breath for the first time, all of a sudden, they're doing a chakra meditation. Because they've never taken a deep breath. Most people are so stuck up here in their fight or flight. And um, someone already took this for a podcast, but the United States of anxiety, mm -hmm. right? We're kind of becoming this really stressed out culture. So most people are breathing, they start here, but they are right here. So it's a, right? And we need to really figure out how can we do that transmutation? How can we tap into the prana, the vital life force, so that we can stay vibrant, healthy, and alive? And you all know that yogis don't count our lives by the number of years. We count our lives by the number of breaths. Mm -hmm. So as a yogi, we're really working to get our chakras to stay synchronized and flowing so that we can really uh, create a really long trajectory for our experience on this earth and in this universe. But if we're stressed out or if we're late or if we haven't eaten something properly or we had a bad conversation that flipped our lids or made us upset, we usually end up having really big emotions but as kids, you can have a temper tantrum. As an adult, you just internalize everything. And then we're like not breathing properly. And then our chakras are all messed up because we're stuck right up here. So as teachers, I highly recommend you find either a meditation practice or a breathing practice to set your morning and to set your evening. And you can listen to meditations online or you can create your own and record them. But if you do something guided, then you become the student. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Instead of having to think about something or having to just sit and say, okay, I'm just gonna meditate. Sometimes it's very effective to be guided into a state of my well-being versus thinking that you always have to have the seat of a teacher. Do, do you have any recommendations for guided meditations? Yeah, we can talk about that after, yep. But I, I always think that it's fun to try different Google searches. Yeah, and just try different things. But yeah, we could talk about different books and different people and um, CDs. Uh, so these chakras are organs of um, transmutation and they're intimately connected. Um, the seven colors are on the rainbow spectrum, which is kind of cool, which means that there are seven levels of consciousness which in turn means that there are seven ages of man, and you go through, like, every seven years, you go back to the first chakra, and you work. And then there's seven notes on the Western scale, so that chart I gave you, there's seven notes. Isn't it interesting? There are seven major chakras in the body that sense the complete range of frequencies 
entering a person's personal energy field. So the vibration that we work on when we're doing a meditation or a moving meditation or working with a scent or working with, um, you know, uh, stones, it's just trying to bring you back into alignment. With time and experience as teachers, you'll get better at detecting individual imbalances and directing your focus to particular chakras as you're teaching. Cool? Mm. You've heard the saying that your body is your autobiography? Uh, so, yeah, so your body is your autobiography? And it's pretty cool because some teachers are totally not into it and they're just into like teach the class, have some really good music, and then you're done, right? But if you're interested, once you start seeing people not as blobs as teachers, but you start seeing students as students, you'll start seeing the way that they hold themselves and the structure is going to really indicate what is necessary for that specific individual and that specific skeleton to really find more alignment in their chakra systems. When we get to the story behind the chakras, we talk about like um, invisible energy, which is prana. And when we focus on the lower chakras, it's more the chakras of matter. So it's more physical in nature, and that's why, especially if someone's really tight in like thought, speech, and action, and um, just need to move, you want to do really grounding practices, right? And then when you get to the heart center, you're uniting the lower and the upper part. It's usually the heart chakra that's kind of damaged in practice. How many of you have taken a yoga class this week? How many of you have done a camel, a wheel, a bridge? Right? Because a lot of teachers don't really teach a lot of backbends in class, but I think they're really important to integrate. Uh, up dog, obviously, is a backbend, but you really want to get that chakra to open up so that the lower half of the matter can start speaking into the body, the mind, the emotions, and the spirit. And our heart is kind of that source of love and connection. So I highly recommend as yoga teachers, if you're teaching a moving meditation as a chakra meditation, that you really work into uh, heart openers. Um, and the last three chakras, kind of more like the heady stuff, those are more the chakras of the spirit. And... Uh, So that's kind of like extra stuff I wanted to share with you so that you can create wholeness within yourself. How do you feel? Any questions so far? No? So many people, I mean, are there types of therapies where you just focus on a certain chakra? Or is it Tonight, our purpose is to get everything to flow and to talk about a chakra meditation where you go through everything, but you could definitely just focus your class 
on the intention of heart. Or you could focus the um, uh, class intention on doing things to create space between the ears, you know, and doing grounding things and bringing it back to these first chakras. But yeah. Yes. And there's like music that you can get that just focuses on like a specific chakra, right? So you can get the songs that only work with root chakra. Mm -hmm. Or you could carry a stone that only works with your throat chakra. How many of you are wearing um, a lapis? So like a blue stone would be your chalk for that. But since everything is interconnected, I think that unless you're working like one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes it's best in a larger audience and a larger group to create a class that has a good arc so you're covering everything and to create a meditation that has a good arc that covers everything. Everybody doing okay? Uh, there is a sheet there that says an outline of how to do a chakra meditation. You're really focusing on setting the stage, being in a comfortable position, whether you're seated or you're laying down. Uh, and then to focus on the breath. It's really important to remember that this steady and deep breath is so huge because your inhales and your exhales um, really tap into the oxygen that are coming into your lungs and your bloodstream. And you want to have your students visualize nourishing energy so that their cells can really get affected by the prana. And then most importantly, after the oxygen, is the release, the cathartic idea of letting go. Because a lot of people like to hold on to things and ruminate on it and keep it in, within themselves, but how can you let things go? From the space of working with the breath, number three, you're starting to talk about your heart. The inhale and the exhale and how your breath and your heart work together to create the wholeness. And then you start talking or thinking about life-giving energy. And you could talk if you're interested in it like an aura. Sometimes it's really easy to talk about a glowing, bright light moving through you. Some teachers like to talk about a white light, right? Some people like to call it a golden light. But that when you're working with it, it becomes stronger and brighter, and energy is flowing as it moves up the ladder to help. The next thing you want to think about is each individual chakra. And I always find that it's good to start with the root chakra. And the reason is, is because if you start, to me, from head down, would be if someone's so stuck in their head that you're bringing them back down into earth, 
but most people are running about and they're not firmly connected to the terrain. So I always think that it's good to start off with that root chakra. And then in turn, as you move up, you're moving up towards the top. So you're moving through each chakra and each chakra point. You don't have to say the Sanskrit names. You could just say base chakra, sacral chakra, solar plexus, heart, throat, brow, and crown. Because a lot of times, even though we live in a time where people are really into the revolutionary healing principles of uh, yoga, some people are still a little bit scared by the Sanskrit words. So you have to decide if that's in your lexicon already as a teacher, then you can use Sanskrit words. If it's not, I would say stick with something really basic. And then the last step is after you get to the crown chakra is to really focus on um, all the chakras being fed by a positive energy coming in from the breath so that you become clearer and brighter and supercharged with your life-giving energy of the prana. And after, you make sure they come out of it so they're not stuck in it. They relax. Um, we're going to do a, something laying down so you're more comfortable. And then you would um, wiggle the fingers and the toes, bend your knees to your chest, come over to the side, paying attention to your body and how energized and calm you feel. And then you press yourself up into a seated, seated space and you seal out your practice with a mudra or an integration, whether it's a Anjali mudra or if you have some kind of mudra that you're working on with your students. How's that for some handouts? <laughs> Anybody's head exploding? <laughs> no, everything's good. You're all like, give me more. Yeah, it's just so yeah. Yeah. Well, it's hard to talk about, like, you know, the theme of the class is a chakra meditation, but it's hard not to talk about everything that is included in the chakras. So I wanted to give you the basis of we're working with the subtle body, you're working through all your nadis, you're working through the major points in um, your um, spinal column until you get to a place of wholeness. And it all stems upon the getting the diaphragm to work and the breath. Mm -hmm. Sweet. 
Begin to just rest in the awareness. Find your inhales and your exhales as you breathe. And begin to open your heart to whatever arises in your practice. Our chakras are these beautiful ladders to healing. And our bodies find alignment when we do meditations like this. They're just integration exercises. Feel this time to cleanse, to rejuvenate, and to activate. Observe the breath, the inhales and the exhales. Be in the here and the now. And listen to the quietness, the space. Take long and deep breaths. Nothing else matters. Leave your thoughts and your ego outside of the room. We are initiating our self-healing system, our prana. And this is now a sacred space, your true home, where your soul resides. And you are standing literally at the control panel of your life.
Feel the breath into your back, your fingers, your toes, caressing the top of your head. Let the focus be on the breath, your prana, that incredible life force. Feel the flow of your life and the oxygen replenishing you. Every inhale and every exhale cleanses, activates, and heals. Every cell in your body is being purified and nurtured through the foundation of the breath. Sense your feet and observe them. Notice them warm, almost tingly, as they become clear and activated, as if a beautiful golden light is being pulled up deep from within the earth through the legs, anchoring you in your truth. And that beautiful golden light starts to swirl up around the calves, into the knees, massages the thighs. Feel the positive vibes as the breath, like a warm blanket, your little snuggly blanket that you wrap yourself up in. Those positive vibes penetrate your body, activating your neurological pathways, activating newness and rejuvenation. Feel the warmth. Sense the golden light and feel yourself anchored in that santosha, that contentment. As you inhale and exhale, breathe out tension and stress. Breathe in and feel the healing golden light. Feel expanded and purified as if you're being recharged. Exhale any toxins, any blocks, any negative buildup. Feel yourself clean and clear. Inhaling and exhaling. Take a long and deep breath. As you exhale, move your attention to the base of your spine. Feel the weight of your body resting in your root chakra. That beautiful muladhara chakra at your base. 
Feel the trust. Ruby red. Your chakra of support, success, integrity, security, and belonging. Let go of any fear and feel safe in your truth. Inhaling and exhaling as you connect to the ground below. Breathe into your roots and see them taking in pranic energy and nourishment from the earth. Feel the roots becoming red and feel yourself in the here and now supporting your existence and your being unconditionally. Your Muladhara Chakra is now purified. See and feel the beautiful lotus flower starting to open up, turn clockwise, and be activated so that all four petals are moving. Breathe in, cleansing and activating. Stay focused on the breath. A deep breath in and a deep breath out. You have now activated and cleared the base chakra. Rest in this awareness. Inhaling and exhaling. Feel that golden light. And when ready, move your attention to your lower abdomen. Just below your navel. Your, your sacral center. That seat of passion, creative impulse, emotional intelligence and pleasure. Inhale and exhale. Let go of any challenge that doesn't let you surrender to your joy. Feel the Swadhisthana Chakra orange and bright. Breathe into it. See it gently expand like ripples on the surface of a lake. See it flowing and moving freely like water. And visualize the color orange bathing the ripples. And your chakra feels like water, nourishing and satisfying all your needs and your creative urges. Breathe out tension and stress. Breathe in and feel the golden healing light as the Swadhisthana Chakra expands and is purified. Feel recharged. You're exhaling toxins and blocks and negative buildup. And this beautiful chakra is now purified. See and feel the six-petal lotus flower turn clockwise. Activated that beautiful orange chakra at your sacral center allows 
breathing, cleansing, and activating your chakra. Stay focused on the breath. Deep breath in, deep breath out. You have now activated and cleared the Swadhyaya Sakra. Inhale and exhale as you move your awareness below your sternum, between your chest and your navel, that beautiful solar plexus chakra, your power chakra. Breathe in and see it fill up with fiery flames. That Manipura chakra at the solar plexus is your energy center for all your body's activities. It's your point of commitment, will, responsibility. It's your space of discipline. Let go of any struggle and open up to freedom and to joy. Inhaling and exhaling and breathing deeply. Feel the transformational heat and energy of fire which changes everything that crosses its path. And feel that bright yellow sunshine replenishing and nurturing the chakra. The sun nourishes all life on our planet. Feel your power getting stronger. Feel yourself open to your environment. Rest in the awareness. Breathe out tension and stress. Breathe in the healing golden light. Inhaling and exhaling. Feel expanded and purified that you have recharged this chakra. Exhaling toxins, blocks, and negative buildup. Feel yourself clean and clear. Your Manipura chakra is now purified. See and feel the beautiful ten-petaled lotus flower turning clockwise, activated. Breathe in cleansing and exhale anything that's weighing you down as you stay focused on the breath, feeling the oxygen and the prana, your life force, as you breathe in and you breathe out. You have now activated and cleared the Manipura Chakra. When ready, begin to bring your awareness to the center of your chest, your heart chakra, the chakra of love and compassion and empathy. It's where intimacy resides, compassion and forgiveness. But sometimes it's so hard to be vulnerable. Tap into the gift of intimacy that the Anahata Chakra offers you. Inhaling and exhaling. Feel yourself light and soft. And feel this beautiful green chakra start to expand outwardly, gently caressing everything it touches like moving air and feel and visualize the green color, that rich sprouting color of spring. 
Feel your chakra heal. Provide new life to it. See your heart expanding. And send loving kindness and compassion everywhere. Inhaling and exhaling. Resting in the awareness. Breathe out tension and stress. Breathe in and feel the healing golden light as it moves up through this chakra. Feel expanded and purified and feel that you have recharged. Exhaling toxins, blocks, and negative buildup. Feel clean and clear. Your Anahata chakra is now purified. See and feel the 12 petal lotus flower turn clockwise, activated. Breathe in cleansing and activate your systems. Feel this incredible focus you have on the breath. Breathing in and breathing out. Your prana has now activated and cleared the Anahata Chakra. Resting in the awareness. Inhaling and exhaling. Move up to your throat chakra. The chakra of self-expression and your personal truth. Your communication. Bring it into your chakra and see it sending soft vibrations into space. Visualize a beautiful blue color of the Vishuddha Sakra. That space of communication and truth and connection. Find that gift of truth as you truly allow yourself to be honest. Open. Breathe. Inhaling and exhaling. Being authentic. Rest in the awareness. Inhale and exhale. Breathe out tension and stress. And breathe in and feel the healing golden blue light of honesty and truth. Feel newness and rejuvenation as you are expanded and purified. Feel that you have recharged. Exhaling toxins, blocks, and negative buildup. You are clear. Your Vishuddha chakra is now purified. See and feel the beautiful blue 16 petal lotus flower in your throat. Turning clockwise, activated. Breathe in and cleanse. Stay focused on your breath. A deep breath in and a deep breath out. You have now activated and cleared the Vishuddha Sap Chakra. Inhaling and exhaling. Resting in awareness. When you are ready, bring your awareness to the center of your forehead, between your eyebrows, to the third eye chakra, 
the chakra of insight, intuition, your Anja chakra, and you see this bluish purple light, the point of vision, creativity, and clarity. And this deep blue purple indigo color starts to bathe you, bringing clarity, insight, and understanding, and heightening your intuition. Inhaling and exhaling. Feel yourself open. Let go of any illusions and find the gift of clarity. Breathing out tension and stress. Breathe in and feel the healing golden light. Feel expanded and purified. Feel that you have recharged. Exhaling toxins, blocks, and negative buildup. You are clean and you are clear. Your Anja Chakra is now purified. See and feel the 96 petal lotus flower turning clockwise. Feel that beautiful indigo light of the Anja Chakra activated. Your intuition and your clarity open. Breathe in, cleansing and activating, and stay focused on your inhales and your incredible exhales. You have now activated and cleared the Anda Chakra. Inhaling and exhaling, rest in this beautiful awareness, feeling the warmth, that golden light being open in your body, swirling, allowing you to be really present to your experience. Moving up to the crown chakra at the top of your head, your connection to your higher consciousness or your divine space, where you really start to breathe into this Sahasra chakra and you feel it open up to the sky above as if you have a crown, as if you are regal, and you have this greater sense of spiritual understanding. You have freedom as you find your body and mind unified. You feel the wholeness as you let go of your ego and you open up to grace and you open up to your true nature. Inhaling and exhaling, visualize a violet or a purple light softly bathing your crown chakra, gently harmonizing you with the rest of creation. You feel your oneness with all there is. You feel the harmony, inhaling and exhaling. Breathe out tension and stress. Breathe in and feel the golden healing light as you are expanded and purified. Feel that you have recharged, exhaling toxins, blocks, and negative buildup. You are now clean and clear. Your Shahasra Chakra is now purified. See and feel your crown and that beautiful chakra just opened up 
as you focus on the breath. Feel the thousand petal crown chakra, lotus flower turning clockwise, activated. Feel the beautiful sense of ease as you are open, resting in awareness, breathing in, cleansing, and activating. Stay focused on the breath. Deep breath in and a cathartic breath out. You have now activated and cleared the, the Shahastra Chakra. Inhale and exhale. As you rest in the awareness, see these incredible seven colors. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Feel the support, the nourishment, the strength, the love, the truth, the insight, and the connectedness of all of the chakras. As you breathe, feel the warmth, clear and activated, that golden light pulling up through the legs, swirling around the knees and your thighs. Feel all the positive vibes like a beautiful warm blanket penetrating your body, activating and rejuvenating your systems. Feel that beautiful golden light going through the root, sacral, solar plexus, heart, throat, third eye, and crown chakras. Inhaling and exhaling as your golden energy is flowing through your body and you are in alignment. You have breathed out tension and stress. You have breathed in the healing golden light and you feel expanded and purified. You have recharged. Exhaling toxins, blocks, and negative buildup. You are clean and clear. All the chakras are purified. Feel the rise and fall of the breath. Deep breath in, deep breath out. You have now activated and cleared your chakras. Feel the perfection of the moment. Bask in the perfection. You are amazing. Inhaling and exhaling. Feel this incredible spaciousness. Feel how you have opened up to bring your attention to your life's journey. As you inhale and exhale, peace. Begin to allow the body in this beautiful golden light to be bright and radiant as you have tapped into your bliss, inhaling and exhaling and activating your chakras so that you can feel whole and integrated, so that you can truly feel all of your life force allowing you to receive your life energies so you can go out there and be balanced and amazing and be you, radiant and divine. As you inhale and as you exhale, begin to gently and softly feel yourself in your true home, where your soul resides. You are now at the control panel. 
as your chakras are activated, turning properly in the right direction. Begin to come back into this moment. Inhale through the nose and exhale through the mouth. Start to take and wiggle your toes and then begin to allow your shoulders to open. Feel your fingertips like the feathers on the wings of a bird. And open your arms up wide as you spread out your ribs and take a really nice deep breath. Inhale. Feel the expression of your heart in your fingertips. Feel the incredible tools of transformation have allowed you to open up, have allowed you to find ease. Begin to draw one knee and then the other knee towards your chest. And then real softly and slowly, give yourself a little bit of a hug. Feel how you are activated and free, balanced and calm, completely harmonious. Start to reach your right arm back behind you. Gently draw your knees over to the right, curling up into a fetal position. Feel all the range of frequencies that you've tapped into. You are truly radiating positive vibes. Feel all your nodding open. Every inhale, every exhale, allowing you to be grounded in your truth. Slowly and calmly, press yourselves up into a seated space. And as you come into Sukhasana, bringing your heels in front of your belly and your knees are out wide. Allow your hips to be a little bit higher than your knees so you have a lot of space for your pelvic bowl to receive that beautiful, beautiful breath you created in your meditation. And begin to take one hand to your heart and then the other hand so that your palms connect in the Anjali Mudra. And feel that you're just holding the preciousness of your heart in your hand. Every inhale and every exhale just allows you to be rooted in your truth. It was an honor and privilege to have the opportunity to be with all of you here tonight. May the merits of your practice benefit all beings. Namaste.